Oh my goodness. You got it. I love you. Yeah. I love you. Love you. You got it. Okay. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh. Good morning. Oh, you all are ready. Are you all ready? Are you all ready? You all ready? All right. It is time to move some mountains today. You all ready to move some mountains? We are going to talk today about moving mountains. Can you tell that I am in a very good mood? I only had four hours of sleep. For some bizarre reason, they said, Kwame, hey, we've got some of the best preachers in the country. They're all going to be here in the first few rows. We've got one of the most extraordinary Christian leaders as the president of the university. Him and his incredible wife will be in the front row. We want you to preach. And then here's the kicker. I've never preached in my life. Have I spoken to churches? Absolutely. Have I talked to believers all over the world? Sure. But have I preached? Not one time. So I was nervous. Yes, Mr. Confident was nervous. So I had to have a real serious heart-to-heart with the Lord. And then I got reminded, because we know we want to uplift you all. We want to give something powerful to you to transform your life today. But if we're going to say that you are called to change and transform the world and do things like you've never done before, how in the world can I be afraid to do something I have not done before in order to get something that we have never had before. And God said, hey, remember? If not me, then who? If not now, then when? And I'll be with you every step of the way. And so I'm here today to deliver a message that's called, It's Time to Move Some Mountains. And you might be wondering, well, the worship team is still here. The worship team is still here. What are they doing here? Now, some of you know, and for the first years and for the transfers, I didn't get the pleasure of meeting you last year. Um, so I told a story, a crazy story, about being on the, the, the literally a breath or two away from death. Right? So we talked about that. And if you're interested in knowing that story, go back and watch the video, because we, we got something new today. There's a lot that's been happening in my life, as President Hagen said, I've been traveling all over the world, doing some really cool stuff. Been to Kenya, been to Ghana. I've seen a lot. My mind is expanding, it's changing and growing. I'm excited to share some of those things with you. But the first thing I want to do, my favorite thing that's been happening in my life is to share with you that my son just turned 11. That picture of the little guy. That's my man. Oh, oh. Yes, I am responsible for 22 of those chromosomes. 22, half, half. Man, I love that kid. So that's Elijah Kojo Dara Anku. So say happy birthday, Kojo. Okay, he appreciates that. So that's the most, honestly, it's always the most exciting thing that's going on in my life. But I'm excited to hear what comes through today. The reason why the worship team is here is because we want to be able to prove the power of the Holy Spirit moving without our plan. Uh, what, what song am I having them play? I don't know. Who's playing what? I don't know. 
Who's going to sing what? I don't know. But what I have faith in is that something powerful will happen. And so I've just asked them, I had to, as you guys know, I had the, the amazing privilege to work with our native son here in Minneapolis, Prince. And to be around a world-class musician who put, out almost, who put over 40 albums out in all different styles of music. The one thing that I learned being around him and working with him is that God creates the music that flows through you and is present in the atmosphere that transforms you. And that we have to have the courage to walk outside of our comfort zone in order to receive what he has for us. So we're going to do two quick things before we start. Any of the students who feel moved to get real close, we're not going to wait till the end. Just come right now. Because what you're going to do for me is allow me to feel your energy connecting with the power of the artistic divine expression that will come through our worship team. So any of you who want to come, could be five. Could be a hundred. That's what I'm talking about. Come on up. I knew my man was coming. <laughs> okay, beautiful. So brothers and sisters, as they're coming up, I'm a, let's, let's do a quick prayer. And I need you guys to get deep. Don't just go through the motions with me. I, I, need, you pray, I need you praying with me. This is, you know, this is the first time we're making history here. All right, so here we go. Father in heaven, we thank you for this powerful, powerful, glorious day. We thank you for these young people. We thank you for the diversity from all around the planet that you have brought together for this time. We thank you for the leadership. We thank you for the vision that you have cast upon this university. And that vision of being a crossroads for the body of Christ globally, a crossroads where people from all over the world and the kings and the queens and the leaders will come to convene, to learn, to see what is necessary to transform this planet, to be the vision that God has given. Father, we know that some of our people and our brothers and sisters are struggling today. They are in pain. They are in need of healing. They are in the need of the touch of your hand. And Father, we ask today that they do not see me, but they see you. They don't hear me, but they hear you to touch them in a powerful way. And Father, Father, we ask you today that your word impregnates an idea. Good God. Mm, 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 mm. That your word impregnates, impregnates an idea that will be gestated in this womb, in this room, in this womb, in this room, in this womb. It will gestate and will grow to be the clarion call for this generation, that something will be released today that changes everything. And Father, we are so grateful to be your humble servants and to be together here as a family. And we all come together as God's children and say, thank you and amen, amen, and amen. All right, let's do this. All right, everybody say it's time, it's time. to move some mountains. Okay, so one of, my fa- one of my favorite, you guys know, one of my favorite things, the sayings in the world, it's not from the Bible, we'll get into all the scripture in a second, but it's from Wayne Dyer, and he says, when you change the way that you see things, the things that you see 
change. So, we, so, so there's so much in the world we want to change, and in order for that to happen, we have to change our perspective. Now, that's true for everybody, but for us as believers, we get to go much, much deeper than that. We're not just talking about a mindset change, right? We just change the way that we see things and things change, right? We're talking about the renewing of our minds, renewing. But I want us to stay with this theme around when you change the way you see things, the things that you see change. So can we get the first scripture from Matthew 17, 20? I'm just going to read it and then hold on to it, and then we're going to go deep into this, and we're going to do it quickly. Jesus said, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. Okay, hold on to that. I'm going to put a lot on you today. And I'm talking to the students. I'm putting a lot on you today. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Because you are the generation that is going to finally help create the world, usher in the world that God intended this planet to be. It's you. You all are living miracles. And you got to understand, even the scientists have quantified your miraculous nature. The odds of you being alive just between your parents is one in 400 quadrillion. Just the parents. When you trace that all the way back to the beginning of humanity with Adam and Eve, the odds of you being alive is 1 in 10 to the 2,685,000th power. That is 10 times 10 times 10, 2,625,000 times. That is the odds of you being alive. So you've heard many times people say, oh, it's not an accident that you're alive, you got a purpose, you guys know that. But think about those numbers. So then the question becomes, we get past the miracle, why are you here? Let's take a look at these numbers. If we can get the next slide. These numbers I'm sharing with you are from this year. Three of them are from this month. One in three people globally do not have access to clean drinking water. One in three children under the age of five are malnourished and are not developing properly. Over half of people globally do not have safely managed sanitation. And three billion people globally lack basic hand-washing facilities. NCU students. I have a question for you. You see, the reality of our planet and our human family today. Do you think that in 2019, going into 2020, with that snapshot of the condition of our global human family, do you think that that's what God intended for the earth when he created it? You think that was the plan? 
Is there anybody in here who believes that that is what God said? As long as humanity can be at that place, I'm okay and I'm happy with that. Is there anybody that believes that? Nobody believes that. So the question becomes, how do we change that? When you change the way you see things, the things that you see change. And I submit to you when I said earlier, I'm putting a lot on you, that you are the generation that is going to design. You're going to be the architects. And you're going to be the builders of the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's you. It's you. Now, some of you, that's inspiring. Some of you, you're getting, my oh man right here, right? You, got, you get shivers down your back. But a lot of you, and I get it, you're like, but, I mean, come on, man. Like, what? Really? All these generations, and, and we're, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. Let's go to the word. This is probably my favorite story in the Bible. Let's go to Mark 4, 37. I'm sorry, let's go to Luke 8, 22 first. It's the same story, but I like how Luke starts it off because it's important. So Luke says, uh, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. And so they got in a boat and they set out. Now it's in Luke, that part is not in Mark, but it's important because it's of where it starts, right? Jesus said, we're going to the other side. He didn't say, let's see if we can get there. Let's, tr- let's try, let's try to get on the other side. He said, we're going there, okay? All right, so let's go to Mark. <laughs> this, is so, this is so crazy. So soon, a violent windstorm came up and there were waves and the waves were breaking over the boat. So it was being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. That means it was there before. This is not a luxury cruise liner. It's a pillow on the boat. It wasn't 10, it was one for him. He's sleeping. Disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? That's some old language, what does perish mean? Don't you care that we're dying? Is that the craziest question to ask Jesus? Right? (laughs) Don't you care that we're dying? Right? It's insane. I love the disciples, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Drama queens. (laughs) Don't you care? Don't you care that we're dying? Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the sea. Silence! He commanded, be still. And the wind died down, perfectly calm. Then he said, watch this, watch this. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They get to parse the words. He didn't say, why were you afraid? Which he could have asked. He said, why are you still afraid? I just got everything straight. You just watched it happen. 
do you still have no faith? Now, brothers and sisters, I think one of the reasons why we've gotten through this many generations and the world is in the state that it's in is because what from my, and I'm not a theologian, but I'm a believer and I read and I think and I process. And I think that we're missing the third element that we need to understand the word. Let's take a look at this next slide. The word of God operates on three levels, literal, metaphorical, and metaphysical. When you're little, we're just talking about the literal. So you understand it. Jesus walked on water. Man, miracles, that's amazing stuff. God created the world. Okay, literal, whatever the word says, that's what it is. Then as you get older and you mature, then you get into the metaphorical, right? This is symbolic of things. So you can learn how, what are other examples that you can apply this to. But oftentimes, that's where we stop. Pastor Rich, we're going, we're going into some deep waters right now. Metaphysical is where the power is. What does that word mean? Supernatural, right? Beyond the natural. Metaphysical. Okay? This is the world between the physical and the non-physical. What that means is that you've got the literal understanding of the word, you've got the metaphorical understanding, but the metaphysical allows you to change the physical reality. It's not hocus pocus, it's based on the word of God. This is what Jesus meant when he said, I am the way. It's not just about salvation. That's a cornerstone of salvation. But it's, that's not where it ends. I am the way. I am showing you how to do it. If you've got faith the side of a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. That's metaphysical. Jesus is not a magician. He's not putting on a magic show. When they wake him up, they say, teacher. He's the master teacher. He's showing you how to do it. And that's why he said, I'm the way. But you miss that if it just is an issue around salvation. Oh, did you know Jesus loves you? And Jesus, Jesus loves you. And look, he says right here, I'm the way. And this is the word of God. And it's the unfallible word of God. And God always tells the truth and never lies. And he just says, I'm the way. And you should just believe that. Okay. Okay, that's fine. But that's the beginning. That's the beginning. We cannot... God forgive me, we cannot stay in the world of kindergarten Christianity. We can't, we can't stay there. You gotta start there, but you can't stay there. You got believers that have been believing for five, 10 years. You're supposed to be in a doctoral program in this stuff, and you are still adding two and two. But when you understand young students, the transformational architects, when you understand that there's a metaphysical level, that that is where you are going to, then you realize it's not just a handful of preachers that can put their hands on somebody's head and cure a brain tumor. All of us have that power. 
All of us have that. You can touch somebody, your life's going to change. When you see Pastor Sean Smith say, who, who, who in here, ha- ooh, who, okay, who right here, somebody in here is feeling, has been having some, some stomach issues, some intestinal issues, who is that? And then the person stands up, right? It's not a magic show. It's not a magic show. That is the gift that we all have at different levels. Let's look at Matthew 17, 14 through 20. Feeling, feeling, feeling. All right, team. This is where you get to, you get to start to fly together. We've had the pads. We've had a little bit of piano. And Louie, I want you to start with whatever God moves you to do. And Abby and Lindsay and Judah and the singers, when you feel moved, let your voice be heard. When the disciples came with Jesus to the crowd, and a man came up to Jesus and knelt before him, he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He, he's got seizures and he's suffering terribly, he's falling into the fire, into the water. Then I feel bad for the disciples here because he, he totally threw them under the bus. He said, I, I brought them to your disciples, uh, but they couldn't do anything. Your, your quack doctor disciples, they couldn't do anything. couldn't heal him. And Jesus said what? Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long must I remain with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring, 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 bring the boy to me. Let's bring him. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. Now watch this. Afterwards, the disciples, plural, came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we drive it out? This is so deep. And so Jesus said, because you have little faith. For truly I say to you that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to move from here to there, and it'll move. Now watch that. The disciples, plural, asked him, after he healed the boy, he didn't turn around and say, uh, hey, hey, did you see why I did that and you did He didn't say anything. He only said one of the most powerful things that he ever said when asked, why couldn't we do that? But as we know, the word of God is not just for that moment. It's for all time. So everything that's the literal mustard seed, metaphorical, any mountain in your life, you can move. Keep going with metaphorical. He said, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, why would you let your minimums be your maximums? He said, size of a mustard seed. Well, what if you had a thousand mustard seeds? Then what? What if you had a whole bag? What if you had a truck full? What if you were rolling like an army? 
and each one of you had a convoy of mustard seeds of faith, what would happen? I see the next slide. When you change the way you see things, the things that you see change. One in three of God's children globally does not have access to clean drinking water. One in three of God's children under the age of five are malnourished and not developing properly. Over half of God's children globally do not have safely managed sanitation. Three billion of God's children globally lack basic hand washing facilities. These are not poor people in Bangladesh. These are not poor little African people who are running around with cloths. It says globally. And they are not some people over there. They are us. Those are God's children. They are our family. And we know to whom much is given, much is required. So here's how it works. We don't just feel bad and pray and go do submission work and build wells. It's important. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. But we understand that the whole planet is supposed to be living and thriving. Beautiful, gorgeous cities, sustainably built. Maybe running off the power of the sun. Incredible educational centers. Beautiful gardens. Massive farms producing food. Healthy, organic, life-filling food. All corners of the planet. That is what the design is. Some of you will be entrepreneurs and will create the new businesses that will create that new global food supply. Some of you are going to take the engineering genius and gift that God has given you, coupled with the message that we talked about today, and you will be able to envision an entirely different way for the planet to operate, village to village and city to city. He's calling on this generation. He's calling on you. And when we say that you're the right people at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing for the right reasons, then you get the right results. It's gonna happen in your generation. You're not starting something that hopefully two, three, four hundred years from now, your great, great grandchildren will see. Why not have the boldness to say we are going to fix this in our generation? That is what you are called to do. Now you could say, well, Kwame, how do you know that that's what we're called to do? I've never preached a sermon in my life. This is what God downloaded into my hard drive up here and just said, say this. And I know it might be one person who takes the lead. There was only one young man at a, at a university, small little place in Cambridge, I uh, forget the name. Uh, President Hagen, what is it? Uh, Har- Har- Harvard? Har- Harvard? Small school in Cambridge. One guy, and a few of his roommates, created a tech platform that two out of seven people on the planet are, are using every single day. Love Facebook, love Mark Zuckerberg. 
but his intent was not to usher in the kingdom of heaven on this planet. Why not you? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not now? Why not? Everything that you need to create everything you've ever wanted, God actually put in your hand. Literally in your hand. And today we have a thing called a smartphone, which connects you to people all over the world. It's in your hand. Every information you need to do what I'm talking about, you have access to. Every person you need to get connected to, you can get connected to. And you're in the most beautiful, powerful, soil you could ever imagine being in to help you to grow to be what god has called you to be so good. and so with that with 60 seconds left that's impressive we're gonna let the worship team let god flow through them we're gonna let you Stand, sit, meditate, pray, feel the cleansing rain that is coming on your head, on your shoulders, into your heart, into your being, that you're going to feel that cleansing rain. And we're going to let the voices, there's no rehearsal, there's no planned song. And it's 11.35, so those of you who have to go to class, we are officially dismissed. Those of you who want to stay and be and bask in this spirit, we welcome you to do that. It has been my honor, my gift, my privilege, my pleasure to be with you today. President Hagen, Pastor Karen, distinguished Board of Regents, and most importantly, the greatest Christian students on the planet Earth at North Central University. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing God's word to come through me. May each and every day of your walk on this planet be blessed. I love each and every one of you, and I'm grateful to God to allow me to be in this moment at this time. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.